welcome to the Wednesday show. It's gonna sound better than the Tuesday show. It is June 14th. Adam Azer, Scott White, Chris Towers. You know what my goal is for today, guys? What, Adam? What's your goal? Let me tell you my goal. I want people to come away from this show being like, holy cow, they covered so much stuff on Wednesday's show. They're gonna call their friends. They're gonna say, hey, Pierre, did you hear the show today? Fantasy baseball today, they covered everything. It's so comprehensive. You have to listen. Tell your friend. That's what it's. That's today's show. Okay. Tell your friend Pierre. Pierre and all your friends. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. I don't. I don't know Pierre. Make a friend, Chris, for God's sake. Hello, Chris and Scott. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Doing uh, extra well in the leagues where I picked up Jacob Faria. Oh, really? What about the one where you made us start Chris Davinsky over Jacob Faria? You just had to pick Davinsky's oh, worst Scott. week. His- Our record, you know, we haven't. That's a categories league. We have an eight-one-and-one lead. So, you know, let's not <laughs> uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Adam. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We, bet, sorry. we benched Faria out of a, an abundance of caution because I thought we could win anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can. Maybe we can. All maybe right. We- so. Faria is definitely going to be on the show today. Andrew McCutcheon, yeah, I'm I'm not going to shy away from it. Bring it on, people. That's cool. We can talk about McCutcheon. Angelton Simmons stole two more bases. We had a lot of very interesting pitchers go yesterday. We had Marco Estrada be terrible again. I want to talk about Eric Thames. I want to talk about Yasiel Puig. I want to talk about Billy Hamilton. But first, I want to talk about the tweet of the day, which is from at CBS Scott White. I am Faria King out. Faria dash king out. Chris you should have done Faria dash K dash ing out because Ooh. of all the strikeouts he's getting. Faria K. See, that's this is what like this isn't a great pun. I'll I'll be the first to say it, but <laughs> you and Heath sometimes you you take them too far. You add one too many layers and it just ruins the whole thing. Yeah, the worse a pun is, the better. I don't think that's true at all. It's 100 percent. It's not a bad point. It's not a bad point. But yeah, we should be Faria King out here. First of all, Jacob Free is only 32 percent owned. What? <laughs> that's, well, be, that's about doubled. He should be more than 32 percent owned. Um, for sure. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, he's going to be the lead of the waiver wire column today when I write it, and you have to be very impressed by what he's done so far. Let me ask yeah, this. Yeah, I'm especially impressed by the efficiency because it didn't look like he would profile as that the season he had a triple A, great strikeout rate, suspect walk rate, though, you know, we we've we've talked before about how walk rates always seem kinda high for minor league pitchers. Um mm-hmm. but he he's just he's been so efficient and uh and then he's had the strikeouts too. Now not as many swinging strikes in this start. Nine is the last start, 16, but I, I feel like that's nitpicking, especially when the guy's 32% out. Right, so let me ask this. I don't know, I don't have any 10-team leagues, but even if I did, I still think I'd want to add Jacob Faria. Are there any leagues that you could think of that you wouldn't be making sure Jacob Faria is owned, and if you were unowned, you'd be putting in a claim? And then follow-up question— did you by any chance search some of your leagues last night and get mad at me because I own Faria in so many of them? <laughs> well, I've got a 10-team league where I currently have Samarja, Shoemaker, Mats, and Pomeranz on my bench. Mm. I guess I'd drop Shoemaker for him, but I'm not 100% sure on it. Not, That's the only one. Not though. Pomeranz? Yeah, that's about – that seems like the appropriate cutoff. So we're talking – like a borderline top 50 for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, like, if it's a 10-team league and you have a really good team, I, I could see how your worst player might not be good enough to drop for Faria, but somebody in your league needs Faria. Yeah. All right. Even if it's not you. All right, so exciting. Pick him up, and obviously he's going to give up eight runs next time out. So, And uh, speaking of that, my worst pitcher might actually be Joe Ross. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd make, Bill Ross for him. I'd make that swap. I'd make that yeah. swap. Now? I, not no. after his last start. I, did, I said it. Did you listen to you? I know you listened to not the podcast. Not after the next start when he strikes out 14. I know you <laughs> listen to the podcast when you're not on, Chris, which I do appreciate. Did you listen to yesterday's podcast? I did. Okay, good. I finally got something right. I said that I wasn't buying Joe Ross after the last start. I thought it had more to do with the Orioles than Joe Ross. And I watched his start yesterday, and... I'm not really – look, the velocity thing, yeah, I, there was a drop-off. I don't know if it was a huge one. He was throwing like 91, 92-ish in the, in the middle innings. 
And I just didn't really see a great pitcher out there. Uh, I don't, and he's going to struggle against lefties. It appears he got hit hard, mm-hmm. even when they were making outs. They were hard outs. So uh, it seems like Joe Ross is pretty replaceable at the moment. Yeah, there's a certain breaking ball he's had uh, issues with that's supposed to help him against left-handers. So that uh, it just seems like that continues to be inconsistent for him. I don't remember if it's a splitter or a slider, but it's one of those. And uh, all right. <clears throat> I mean. I don't know. I mean, certainly the fact that the Orioles didn't start any of their best hitters helped last time out. But I, like with him and with Masahiro Tanaka, I don't think you can just entirely credit the matchup for him looking like a world-beater, double-digit K's guy versus him getting completely rocked. Like, there's not that much difference between any major league lineup. And and there are bad lineups out there every day. Like, teams are going up against the, the, the Angels every single day and not striking out 12 batters. No. So it's like, that's a, that's a variable in this equation, but I, I can't just put it all on that. Yeah. No, it was more like the Orioles just didn't want to be there. They were complaining about it. It was a makeup for a doubleheader, or for a rainout. And, uh, look, I didn't drop Joe Ross. I just didn't start him. I, and I still haven't dropped him. I would drop him for Faria, but like I said, I already own Faria in that league, so. Uh, alright, let's get to something else here. Tuesday standouts and Andrew McCutcheon. You know, sometimes you uh, move a guy to a different spot in the order, and it really helps. And the guy I've always I keep comparing McCutcheon to is Adam Jones. And last year, Adam Jones got moved to leadoff, and he hit well for an extended period of time. Right now, McCutcheon got two days off when they were in Atlanta. He collected his thoughts, he adjusted his swing, and he got moved down to sixth in the order. And he's batting three ninety seven with five home runs, including two yesterday in seventeen games. Well, Adam, yeah, you know what it is. Regression? What is he it? He was due. He had to have. This I know. He hadn't been good before, so he had to do this to make up for it. I, I, I agree. I, I even said he was gonna have a hot streak. The question is, you know, how, how good is Andrew McCutcheon? Is this just a hot streak or how, how much do you believe in him? I, I believe in him because there, there's a clear mechanical adjustment he's cited and he cited it before this started, like immediately before it started. Like the correlation is so strong. Uh, whatever. That uh, I see it as, as more of an explanation than a coincidence. And, uh, it was, he, he's in one of those cases who, who we, we didn't really understand what was wrong with him. We didn't? It just seemed like, I, it seemed like premature aging for for a thirty year old, right? Well, I mean, yeah. What other explanation was there? No, but but it did seem like clear aging because he became a terrible center fielder. He stopped stealing bases, so it, it, whether or not like premature, yeah, it didn't make sense. He's only thirty. I, I get that, but it was happening and it was obvious. And they wanted to trade him. I mean, they were trying. They were putting him on the market. So it just seemed well, to they me like do it again. I, I, guess, I think he's back. I, I guess think so. I, I just. Sure, the mechanical adjustment, maybe that's helped, and, and I'm sure there's something there. But even when he was at his worst, he was striking out below 20% of the time, so above average strikeout rate. He was walking a bunch. He was His isolated power uh, or isolated slugging percentage was still like 180, 170, so still pretty good. And he just had a really low BABIP, and that's what Heath and I kept saying was just like, he's not a su- Andrew McCutcheon is not a superstar anymore. Like, looking forward, I don't expect, you know, over his last 28 games, he's hitting 308 with a 937 OPS. I'm not even sure I expect that much. But hey, he's, he's the number 23, like, with the cold start, with him being only a 250 hitter overall, he's the number 23 outfielder in points leagues. Yeah, and I always said, I always said, even from the beginning, that he was going to be better in points leagues, and he's going to be better in OBP leagues, Andrew McCutcheon. I get that. But if you don't get credit for walks, which is, I would say, his best skill— then right. you're not talking about he's not a top 30 outfielder in those formats. He's like 40th. Uh yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, I'm telling you what but he I is mean, right now. I'm I, I don't, don't know, know what, he is what going we're forward. if we're classifying like you seem to be classifying your expectations one way Chris used the term superstar. I don't know what exactly we mean by superstar player. I don't think he can be a top 10 outfielder yeah, again. No. There's just too much too much bulk at that position, but I have him 23rd right now. And, uh, trending up. I mean, some of the names I have ahead of him, Ioannis Cespedes, Jose Ramirez, Marcelo Zuna, even Corey Dickerson, I can't say for sure that they're great. They, they certainly look 
particularly Ozuna and Dickerson, they certainly look great this season, but there's big questions for all of them. So and, it's conceivable to me McCutcheon could sneak back into the top 20. And I'm not 100% sure where he ranks among outfielders right now, but he's a top 75 overall player in Roto right now. Uh, he's 32nd. I, I was wrong. When I said top 40, I didn't mean what I expected rest of season. I meant what he is right now, and and I was wrong. I was just looking at the list and ballparking it. McCutcheon's 32nd. And that's 32nd. still with only like a 277 Babbitt. Now, I, I don't think he's going to be a – 350 kind of BABIP guy like he was at his peak because he has lost a step both in the field and, you know, his bats slowed down a bit, but there's probably another 20 or 30 points of batting average regression. Like, I think he's a 290 hitter moving forward. Alright, and I would say that I'll give him credit for one thing. He's uh, got six steals, which is, you know, he's, what, probably 16 steal pace or something. And that's pretty solid. I thought it would, you know, keep getting lower, but it's not, it's nothing to sneeze. That's not great, but good for him. I still, I still don't like him, but I understand that right now I look like an idiot, and I'm not going to run away from that. No problem. Let me give one more standout here. Andrelton Simmons, 62% owned. Another guy I dumped on the other day. Look, it's going to be hard for me to buy into Simmons as a hitter. I know he's had a great month, but he does have 10 steals, and he had eight steals after the All-Star break last year. He had five steals in September last year. So he had, like, he's got 10 steals, Andrelton Simmons, right now. That matches a career high, which he set last year. But, again, now it's like all-star break to one month before the all-star break, 18 total steals, almost the full season's worth of games. Like, Well, not even. So that's pretty cool. And uh, Scott mentioned that in his waiver wire column about Angelton Simmons, who is 62% owned. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's actually in my top t- 12 shortstops now. Not because I'm super uh confident that what he's done so far this year is legit, but just because there's actually some reason for hope for him and and there's not 12 other shortstops who I could say that about. I guess it's kind of borderline him and Eduardo Núñez. They're they're kind of competing for the 12 and 13th spots for me. It seems like Simmons has a, a little more home run potential and uh a little more walk potential. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the edge, but. Oh, uh, wow. What a horror story this is that you have Andrelton Simmons not seven spots ahead of Didi Gregorius. Sir, have you <laughs> lost your mind? I no. just, I, here's the thing that doesn't make sense about Andrelton Simmons. Over the last 365 days, he's played 160 games and he has 20 stolen bases, nine home runs, hitting 293. That might be a top 12 shortstop. He had 16 stolen bases in the first 530 games of his career. So it's just like, yeah, but that's no. I just I look at Cameron Mapin. Like the Angels want to run, but it's just it. It's just bizarre. It's just bizarre that he's just doing something he's literally never done. Oh, he did it in the minors, not at a great with a great success rate. But this, like, one of the disappointments when he graduated to the majors was why does he not run more? Yeah, and he's 20 uh, and two on stolen bases too. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things like if you don't practice it, you're going to be bad at it. Like you you can't become a good base stealer unless you try to steal bases more. By the way, Didi uh, Gregorius since he came off the DL is a top 7 sh- like top 8 shortstop. I did I looked at it yesterday, not this morning. Um so yeah, I I don't know. Feels a little low in the rankings to me, but he has also been a little bit lucky during this 13 or 14 game hitting streak. Andrelton Simmons, by the way, he's a career 678 OPS. So, uh, it's a little, a little dicey, but, uh, the yeah. steals are oh, nice. Oh, it's definitely dicey. Um, but okay. There, there is some history of him running and some history of him hitting this, for this kind of power in his past. And he's always made contact at a good rate. So that, that aspect doesn't worry me. I am, okay, what's today's date? He's 14th of June. I am so confident that Didi Gregorius is going to be better than Angelton Simmons. I will bet anything, real, anything reasonable. <laughs> 100 doll hairs. 100 <laughs> doll hairs. I will find some dolls, and I will ante that up. So Scott and I have a fake bet from June 14th on. Chris, what side are you on, Simmons or, or Didi? Uh, Gregorius. Gregorius. Excellent. <laughs> what else stood out to you guys yesterday? There was a lot that happened on Tuesday, Adam. 
I feel like Brad Peacock's start was interesting for a number of reasons. Gave me some pause about potentially dropping him after a rocky outing last time. Ten strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings. That's eight eight plus strikeouts now and four of five starts. But only one of them went the minimum five innings required for a win, which is kind of the minimum expectation for a, a fantasy caliber pitcher. Uh, but that being said, Peacock was going on three days rest, so there were, there was a lot of weird stuff happening here. I just was pleased that he bounced back with another big strikeout effort and uh, should remain should remain on our radar. All right, I'm going to give you guys five pitchers, and I want you to tell me your two favorites: Brad Peacock, Jacob Faria, Sean Newcomb, Buck Farmer. Got roughed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nelson Lamette, Peacock, Faria, Newcomb, Buck Farmer, Denelson Lamette. I think that I asked for two go. favorites. Give me your three favorites. Oh yeah, because the the two were pretty obvious. I Newcomb think. and Faria, yeah. and then probably Peacock. Yep, I agree. In that order, yep. Newcomb. eighteen swinging strikes last night. <laughs> Newcomb, yeah, Faria, Peacock, strikes in less than five innings. Sorry. I did walk for it, too, and he threw ninety six pitches in five innings. Yeah. So that's yeah. Um, so. You know, control's not, he's not completely past that, but I do see him as probably a higher, like a guy with more upside than Alex Meyer, who we've talked about as, uh, in, interesting with the strikeouts, but also having control issues. I don't think Peacock's control issues are that extreme. And it, it looks like he might have thrown his high, his hardest fastball with his last fastball and his velocity, uh, sustained pretty well late into the start. And I think that's a good sign for someone who's been moving out of the bullpen. That's Brad Peacock. Okay, so again, you'd go Newcomb, then Faria, then Peacock, right? Yeah, I might give a I, I might give a little priority to Faria over Newcomb now after the second start, because just because he's done it twice and Newcomb's done it once, but you know, they're they both need to be owned. Well, I think Newcomb pitches today, right? So I can ask you tomorrow. Yes, I, I think might he, switch him back. I think he pitches today. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know actually either, but it's we'll gonna take be a look. Soon. We'll take a look. I know he's a one star pitcher this week. I'll take a look right now. I'm very curious. It is Julio Tehran. I am an idiot. I am sorry. So uh, let's take a look. Oh, Chris, any standouts for you? And then we'll get into uh, the stock market a little bit. We'll talk stocks. Chris? Uh, Lance Lynn had a very good start, uh, kind of a Brad Peacock-ish start, but he's such an interesting case because his, uh, I believe his ERA is still two point two runs high or lower, yeah, lower than his FIP for the season. And it just... I'm wondering which one's going to correct for him. Well, but his he's always had a pretty low Lance Lynn. Well, let me look it up. Like he's been a low three ZRA guy before Tommy John, right? And right now his ERA is two sixty nine. Yeah, and he's always right, been, but he hasn't had a FIP this high. Well, why is the FIP high? I know the walks are high, three point seven, but he's usually at like three point three per nine. So he's not yeah, a home run rate is like double what okay. it usually is for him, which may be. Well, there there may be a few reasons for that. A, hitters all over the place are hitting more home runs yeah. now. B, let me look at his ground ball rate and see if it's, it's similar. pretty much where it's always been. Yeah. It's never, like, he's never been this, like, super high ground ball guy. Kind of kind of average. L- leans a little towards He's kind ball. of average in everything. Yeah. Right. Like, a little below average walk rate, a, maybe a little above average strikeout rate. So my takeaway is, yeah, the home run rate should probably be higher for him. Maybe not as high as it's been so far, yeah. but in this landscape, it makes sense that he'd be more of like an even one home run per nine inning guy. It's been 1.5 so far. So, you know, probably some correction on both ends, the ERA and the whip. Okay, so that's Lance Lynn we're talking about, who only went five innings. He walked four, but he struck out eight Brewers and only three hits. And five and three with a 269 ERA, about a strikeout per inning. And four starts in a row of five or five and a third. So he's in a little bit of a slump, I guess. But but still, is there anything to say about Lance Lynn right now other than just start him every time out? Uh, if I could include him as a piece in a trade, I would definitely be looking to do that. Like Lynn and another decent pitcher yeah. for a good for a really good pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, and I don't see as in the meantime, I don't see him as must start in mixed league. Yeah. Like he's how many – he keeps going five innings. He's not even giving you quality starts. Yeah, well, that's sort of a new thing. But, well, four starts. Four starts in a row. 
I, I guess think. it's almost yeah. It's just you have to you have to have a lot of guts to sit Lance Lynn. I, well, I don't know about that. Let me just see what his start percentage was. Um, I can't imagine I'm sitting Lance Lynn and he was started in 85 percent of leagues. He might be a two star pitcher, so that would probably have something to do with it. All right, let's, I, let's, I see uh, him as you know, like would you ever sit Matt Shoemaker? I, I think they're pretty similar in terms of startability. And yeah, I've definitely sat Matt Shoemaker. Me too. Okay. Well, I don't think, based on ownership rate, start percentage, you know, and how it has fluctuated throughout the season, I don't think fantasy owners have thought of Matt Shoemaker and Lance Lynn the same way. Probably not, which is why, to Chris's point, might be worth shopping him because he's not as good as he's perceived to be. So I'm going to give you some pictures. You tell me if their stock is up after yesterday or if, you know, whatever. Garrett Cole. Seven innings, one run on three hits. Three walks, three strikeouts, only six swinging strikes against the Colorado Rockies. But it was a good start. One run in seven innings for Garrett Cole. Stock up or the same? It was good to see him staunch the bleeding a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say up just because I may have overcorrected taking him down after his last start. Four miserable ones in a row. Um, and, and even though he didn't, you know, he wasn't, a d- dominant bat misser in this start. The ground ball, the number of ground balls he got was the highest during the five start stretch. Obviously, the first four being terrible. Yeah, terrible. And, uh, he talked about pitching down in the zone in a way he hadn't been doing recently. So that's that's he's always been a good ground ball guy. It's a big key to his success. Right. We did talk about that. That that may have been the problem for Garrett Cole that he wasn't getting the downward action on his pitchers pitches, leaving things up too much. So hopefully. Took a step in the right direction. He's about 21st in the rankings for all three of our analysts. John Lester, seven innings, one run, ten strikeouts at the Mets. He's a top ten pitcher. His value never really went down, even though he's not having a great year with uh, a 389 ERA for John Lester. Uh, stock up at all, or at least maybe in your minds after this pitch, after this uh, outing? I, I really haven't moved him down at all. And, uh, you know, that's... That's kind of in part of my, my philosophy is just that I, I'm i going – with ace guys especially and, and with elite guys, I'm going to give them a lot of rope. And, uh, you know, stretches like this happen. I, I think John Lester's going to be fine. All righty. Next up, Jason Vargas. Jason Vargas is 53rd for Scott. He is 62nd for Heath. Chris, you want to do a rankings update on Jason Vargas? You have him 90th right now. Yeah, he he can move up, I guess. But like I I'm not I'm looking at it and like I don't really see any reason to move him above I don't know, Jaime Garcia. Okay, well that put him 70. That's significant. Yeah, I just I don't see any reason to buy it. Okay. Well, and well, I have an all season. Like it's Besides, like, the results are different, and that's obviously something, but other than that, he looks like the same guy he's always been. He's a fly ball pitcher who doesn't get that many strikeouts. He is doesn't guy, walk anyone. Is that guy more valuable in this landscape, though? Like, we were just talking about the, the merits of sitting Lance Lynn. I, as of right now, acknowledging that it could change within a couple weeks, but... You know, I'm even I'm at 53rd ranking him at a point where he, yeah, that's still pretty replaceable. Um, I trust him more than Lance Lynn right now. I would have a harder time sitting Jason Vargas with the kind of extended run he's on than Lance Lynn. Okay. Yeah, I just he's a four ERA guy for his career with a lot of innings. And I, I yeah, I don't know. I I think he's fine, Jason Vargas to start, but I. I'm not looking to start him. I haven't been looking to add him at all this season. And that I, I've missed out on some good starts, I guess. But I just I, I don't see any real reason to buy it. I don't see an explanation that makes sense for why he's pitching well. So that's our stock up section with Garrett Cole, John Lester, and Jason Vargas with some mixed responses there. Let's do stock down. Let me give you three pitchers. Tell me if you think their stock is down after yesterday's outings. David Price, Marco Estrada, and Zach Greinke. Price, two straight starts with four walks. Command a little shaky. Estrada has uh, been terrible lately, and now he has a 454 ERA. 
And uh, he gave up 12 hits and six runs against the Rays yesterday. And Zach Greinke, five unearned runs, but uh, less than six innings in three of his last four starts. Yesterday, not really his fault. Defense let him down in the sixth inning, and he gave up five unearned runs. Uh, so Price, Estrada, Zach Greinke, any, any stock downgrade here for these guys? Not significantly for me. I Maybe Estrada is going to have to move down a few spots in my rankings just because, like with Cole, except the other way, I, I overcorrected him and, and moved him up too high when he was getting double-digit strikeout efforts early in the year. Uh, the way I, I like the way the Blue Jays manager, John Gibbons, put it after this start, um, where he said Marco's... I forget the exact word he used, but basically he, he needs to be spot on with his command because the stuff is only marginal. He doesn't yeah. throw very hard. It's amazing he gets as many strikeouts yep. as he does. But mm-hmm. if they, if he's just a little off, he can get shelled. And I think that's what we've seen with the last three starts. I think it's very correctable. I think it'll correct soon. But knowing that there's always that downside built in and it could always pop up at any point, he's probably not a top 30 pitcher in fantasy. And Something for him to, to to keep in mind is that he did exceptionally well pitching high in the zone and getting infield pop-ups. That was something that really helped him limit that Babbitt, kept it in the you know 250 to 230 range over the last couple of years. This season, his infield fly ball rate has dropped in half, and you know his his Babbitt and his home run rate have gone in the opposite direction as a result. Now, I don't think he's a 336 Babbitt guy because his career is 260, but that's something to keep in mind. He's not been the same kind of pitcher that we've seen be really effective over the last couple of years. All right, this is Marco Estrada we're talking about, and, and in the last two years, Marco Estrada has given up 6.7 and 6.8 hits per nine. That's like that's unbelievable. This year he's giving up 9.6, so you are getting more strikeouts from him, but you're getting a lot more hits too. And, and I will also say with... Estrada, he had a six-start stretch late last year, August and September, with a 7.53 ERA. He was terrible, and he got it corrected. His last three starts of the regular season after that uh, 7.53 ERA stretch, 19 innings, two runs, and then he had a 2.01 ERA and three postseason starts. So, so he slumped last year and he came out of it, and hopefully he can do the same. I am going to keep him in my top 30, by the way, looking at the names. Yeah, barely in my top 30, but okay, outside I, the top 25. I just moved into 29. Yeah. All right, Marco Estrada. Good, good job. Thames watch. Eric Thames in his last 27 games is batting only 136. But he has 23 walks and 32 strikeouts in those 27 games. And based on all the emails we're getting, I got to tell you, people are down on Eric Thames. If you believe in Eric Thames, now is the time. This is a great chance to get Eric Thames on the cheap. I wonder if I could get him from Heath. Who bought in one league no when Thames value was at the highest? He, that would Heath be interesting. Would, Heath, that would That'd be, be the worst. Whammy. That would be the worst buy high, <laughs> buy high sell low of all time. Heath would not do that. Yeah, I don't think he'll go for it, but um, I was kind of surprised. He, I think he just really wanted a share of Thames too, in, in case. Yeah. He sustained that crazy level and, so he could enjoy it. It but. is worth noting in that 27-game stretch, he's got like a 186 BABIP. You know, he's not hitting for nearly as much power, but you expect the ISO is like 160 in that stretch. You expect that to go up when with a little better bat at ball luck. The strikeouts are high, but the walks are high still. So yeah. I just I, I do think I can look at it and say, okay, maybe he's not a top 10 outfielder. Maybe he's not. He's almost certainly not the top 10 hitter we thought he might be. But, you know, looking at my rankings, I had him 13th, and I'm trying to move him down, but the guys that I have him directly ahead of are Michael Conforto, Miguel Sano, Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, guys that I all, that I have very similar, uh, doubts or concerns about. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna ask, would you rather have Eric Thames or Andrew McCutcheon? I would still rather have Thames. Me too. Okay, good. I don't have to yell. Let's go to uh, our favorite segment. Hey, real quick. Hey, real quick, guys. Is Yasiel Puig overowned at 85%? I think so. Yeah, that's 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 overowned. He he needs to be owned in all five outfielder leagues, but 
three outfielder leagues, I mean, just if you're swapping out hot hand off the waiver wire, that that's clearly not him right now. And I don't think there's enough uh enough hope for this miraculous turnaround that makes for uh you know his best season in three years or whatever that okay. you just need to stash him. Well, I think that's probably true. On the other hand, he is on pace for a 25-25 season. Um, strikeout rate's not alarming. Walk rate's up. The the batted ball profile is where Yasiel Puig is hurting. 32% hard hit rate, 15% line drive rate. That's the concern. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, also, he just heard what you said, and he gave you the double middle finger. So, uh, I love it. You saw that last night? Double middle, yeah. That was <laughs> that was intense. Uh, I got the double middle one time. It was one of the. Uh, it was I was driving. It was you know the subway. Uh, the by the uh, on Cypress Creek. It's like very jam packed parking lot. Oh, like the the restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant. <laughs> the way a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jamie and I were at that subway and. That parking lot is just dreadful, and some one driver did not like what I did, even though it was totally his fault, and he gave me the double bird, and we just started cracking up, like, whoa, I've ne- like I've gotten the finger before, but two of them? One hand I mean, on the wheel, sir. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, he, he wasn't driving. You're, you're, he was parked. You're criticizing someone else's driving by <laughs> taking your hands off the wheel, he, both of them? He was stationary. He was stationary, because we were in the parking lot, but still, I didn't deserve the double middle, so we had a nice laugh about uh. it. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Hey, real quick, Corey Dickerson is batting three forty two with a five forty four slugging against lefties, and he's the number seven outfielder in points, number five in roto. What the hell, Corey Dickerson? So, how are you doing this? <laughs> part of it is a four seventeen batting against. But lefties. he's still got a two hundred ISO. He's still got only like a twenty percent strikeout rate against them. So there is something here. He's not. He's probably more like a two sixty. Uh, Babip guy against lefties, but batting average guy. Batting average guy, but yeah. that's you know, it, it's a situation like last season he struck out 31 percent of the time against lefties and hit for no power. The fact that he's at least with a guy like him, you're just hoping he holds his own against lefties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still had a, more than that. He had an 807 OPS against righties last season with only a 272 Babip. He hit 22 home runs. If he's an 850 OPS bat against righties and he can just keep his head above water against lefties, you're talking about a must-start outfielder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to regress. They're like, kind of like we're, we say with Aaron Judge, that he can't sustain this pace, but I'm beyond the point where I'm looking to sell high on Dickerson. He's just a fixture in my lineup, and I'm, I'm, I'm content with that. Thames yeah. or Dickerson? Thames. Oh, Thames easily. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say easily, but I'll, I'll say Thames. I haven't moved Dickerson up nearly as much as you have. Okay. Fair enough. McCutcheon or Dickerson? McCutcheon. I will go Dickerson, but that's pretty close. Is real quick, is Tony Walters too good for for uh Tom Murphy owners to be getting excited about Murphy Walters? Look, he he's got like no power, but he's uh-huh. got a 301 batting average, a 403 on base and the Rockies have been pitching pretty well. So, has he just been yeah. too good to expect a lot of playing time from Tom Murphy? I don't get that sense from what I've seen written about Tom Murphy by Rockies beat writers. It's, it seems like there's genuine enthusiasm that he's coming back. Uh, he had a but, big game on his minor league rehab assignment last night. I, I don't doubt it. I mean, his, his uh, final two-thirds of his last minor league season were insane. But um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where Murphy starts four out of five games. You know, it's mm-hmm. probably one will start three games and the other will start two. And then the next time through, the other one might start two and the other one will start three. I, I think it'll be close to a 50-50 split. So it's just, is is Murphy's power production going to be, going to stand out by so much that at a position where you can get away with not playing all that regularly and still matter in fantasy, uh, is is he going to be that? Adam, you might have brought this up preseason of just like in a deeper two catcher league, just having both of them and starting I both. Did. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Like yeah. it's you're probably not going to get enough counting stats from it to justify it, but like you might get a 300 batting average out of your catchers, which is pretty good. Yeah, and your your home run total, I suspect, will be good enough. Um, just because Murphy's going to carry that completely. We're talking about today forward, obviously. Murphy's 
Yeah. <laughs> he's also 12 of 23 over his last five games during his uh, minor league rehab assignment. So I think he's okay. He's oh. got seven hits in his last two. You, you see, like, I was scoffed at. Scoffed at in preseason when I said draft them both. But now, I don't want to... I, ha- s- I actually do own them both. Were you scoffed at? I, I, I think you're misremembering this. Uh, he th- shut it down pretty well, quickly, but he, you know, he scoffs at everything look, anybody says. Look, we all love Heath. <laughs> and I don't want to say, like, I don't want to use the word genius lightly, but, well, anyway, we have a, a Reddit, an AMA on, on Reddit today at 2 p.m. Eastern. So please join us. And now I think it's time to, and you can ask us anything. I'm not sure how many of us will be doing it. I will definitely be there, and I will talk to Chris and Scott off the air and find out who is going to be joining me. So that's at 2 p.m. Eastern. Go to reddit.com, R-E-D-D-I-T, slash R, slash fantasy baseball, and you will see the post. So uh, let's do the news and notes. It's only been 35 minutes. As Drupal Cabrera is on the DL with a thumb sprain, but no, no Ahmed Rosario? I mean, you just can't take Jose Reyes' bat out of the lineup. <laughs> well, they have I been really, from Florida. I really don't know what they're waiting for. It's, it's I, money, I money, money, money. But well, that doesn't. Yeah, that's gone. Is it? I mean, it's it's. I, I'm sure teams gauge that differently, and maybe the Mets just want to be extra. But like, I don't think Super it's two. ever been as late as June 14th. Okay. Well, no, but I, I know, I know some teams like to wait until late June just in case. Um, so that, that might be, that might be all it is. They say he needs more work on something or other. Yes. I don't know. His, uh, his like strike zone recognition, basically. Really? Yeah. The, I, I think I've the read strikeout that, rate isn't re- crazy low. I think I've read said. that they don't love his defense, which feels like the <laughs> default thing that teams say when they don't want to, ju- when they want to justify not calling up a top you, prospect. You know, I think I saw a message. Cause nobody writer. can really prove it. Say that they they were saying the same thing about Michael Conforto a couple years ago, and now he plays center field for them. And also they, so. but they've also jerked around Michael Conforto. Yeah, but that's I mean that's partially because they're the they, they had an overloaded outfield. Um, they could clearly use Ahmed Rosario on an everyday basis, even if even if his Drupal Cabrera is healthy, he's not good. <laughs> Okay. Well, let, uh, me, so, let me let me let me move us let me move like, us forward here. He's guys. going. He, he needs to be stashed even more than he did before this injury. Adrian Gonzalez is going to be out indefinitely with a back issue. Jock Peterson's off the DL. Cody Bellinger is going to play some first base. Cody Bellinger double donged yesterday, and uh, Chris Taylor will maybe help him stay in the lineup. He stole his fifth base yesterday. Mike Trout thinks he could return before the All Star break. Chris Davis is on the DL with an oblique strain, mild oblique strain. It might be, you know, still more than a month. Zach Cozart, day-to-day with quad tightness. We've got a call-up, guys. The Astros are calling up outfield prospect Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, former coach of the New York Knicks. What do you think about Derek Fisher of the Astros? He's had a really good year at AAA last I looked at it. He's seemed to like a pretty marginal prospect coming into the year. Uh, and you can't help but wonder if the PCL inflated those numbers, but 16 home runs, 13 steals, was caught 10 times. Looks like a true, uh, three true outcomes, guys. Gonna walk a lot, it's gonna strike out a lot, gonna hit for some power. He does have 16 home runs in his first 60 games this season. Now remember, Josh Reddick's on the DL, so, or I don't know if they put him, they didn't officially put him on the DL yet, but he's got a concussion. Yeah. So and it's not clear that Fisher will just be playing every day while Reddick's out. Yeah. It might just be, you know, get his feet wet, um, you know, a little short-term exposure before Reddick comes back. So I'm not, I'm not that motivated, Adam. I mean, there's a million outfielders, not literally, but there's probably tens of outfielders I'd be looking to add before him in most mixed leagues. Did you say you're not motivated to add him, or did you say you're not motivated, Adam? You said like Adam to Adam. Uh, or? I'll leave, I'll leave it to the audience's okay. interpretation. It's like the ending of uh, uh, Inception. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> mm. uh, Yoan Cespedes returned to the Mets lineup. Michael Conforto sat again. Ben Zobra sat with a wrist issue. We'll talk about the Cubs in a moment. Kyle Hendricks won't return from his hand injury this weekend. Cesar Hernandez out six weeks with an oblique strain. Devin Travis had knee surgery out for a while. Michael Fulmer has right shoulder bursitis and will have his start pushed back maybe to this weekend. We shall see. Justin Bohr should be back on Friday. 
CC Sabathia likely headed to the DL with a hamstring strain. I have not seen anything about Chance Adams. He's not on the 40-man roster. Yeah, that's a hurdle. Um, it, it probably is going to depend on the severity of this hamstring injury for Sabathia. I did see that potentially Chad Green could get another start. I don't yeah. know how stretched out he is. He didn't last very long the first time. Uh, the, I think the last turn he got a start, right? Yeah, he had like he 30 pitches long. or something. 40 pitches. I am, like I said with Ahmed Rosario, even if Chance Adams doesn't literally take the next turn for CC Sabathia, I do think his stash ability goes up with this injury because yep. he's that much closer. Okay. And it's a shame too because Sabathia was having another good start and I thought he was in line for a really good two-start week at the Angels and at the A's. Yasiel Puig gave the fans a double bird. We, we knew that. Gerardo Parra is going to be out longer than expected with a quad injury. John, John Gray will make a rehab start tomorrow. James Shields could be back very soon. And Wilson Ramos, if you don't own him, now is the time. He has moved to AAA in his rehab assignment. So Wilson Ramos getting closer and closer. And by the way, I sold Chad Green shorty through 53 pitches on June 11th. Uh, so I could see him going like 70. I imagine... That's my best guess to who who replaces Sabathia short term. But yeah, Chance Adams. Chance Adams, Ahmed Rosario, very stashable. Okay, back to yesterday's action. The Twins scored 20 runs. The Cubs went nuts. A couple lineup things here. Matt Carpenter is batting 393 with three home runs in seven games as a leadoff hitter. Uh, Travis Shaw homered off a lefty on the road, and he's got a 798 OPS against lefties. Uh, hit his second home run. So again, that's like another guy. Just hold your own against lefties. Do your damage against righties, and that's good. But it's funny, you know, we're seeing Adam Jones last year. This year, Andrew McCutcheon batting sixth. Matt Carpenter batting leadoff. Even Dexter Fowler's done better batting second, I think. Gary Sanchez batting sixth. This is all very recent, at least the last three I've mentioned. And last night, Anthony Rizzo leading off, and he homered. And it hopefully these lineup moves can... I just, I also think in a, in a lot of these instances, we need like a song, like a drop for regression. I'm thinking like, like the synth, like regression. And that's just like when we talk about my carpenter getting was that better. The Simpsons? Andrew McCut. Yeah. That was terrible. Thank you. Um, that's, I think we need that drop and that way we don't really need to discuss. Yeah. We don't really need to discuss like Matt Carpenter's obviously an elite hitter. We don't really need to discuss the fact that he's hot again. Because that's what happens. These guys go through slumps. They get hot. But you expect Matt Carpenter be, to be Matt Carpenter. I do, yes. I wonder if there's a good movie line that would work for that. Like The Fool Jew? No, we've already dis- decided. We're going with The Simpsons. Oh, okay. The <laughs> regression. Yeah, it's tough, though. He's going to record that. Regression. Oh, man, that's tough. i got to work that Adam out. I'm going to sit in his room yeah. and record him. It's it's a hard note to hit, right? Or not even just one note. But it's just, I think you need like a choir. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this category is called We Be Cubbin. Our boy Ice Cube sang this one. We Be Cubbin. Uh, Kyle Schwarber caught his third appearance at catcher. So that's cool. Email from Brian. Would you trade a struggling Schwarber for Jonathan Lucroy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. And Anthony Rizzo, like I said, led off. And that might, he did that because Ben Zobris was out, but that might uh, stick. I'm not sure how we feel about that. He homered and Rizzo has felt, has reached safely in 21 of his last 36 plate appearances. The first four hitters in the lineup last night all homered. Rizzo, Hap Grand Slam, Chris Bryant, Jason Hayward, they all homered. And Addison Russell doubled. So he's hot and he's 76% owned. Anything about Weeby Cub in here? Uh, not really. I mean, it's nice to see Addison Russell heating up. I think he's owed some regression. Um, Ian Hap, we're still on the fence about whether he's uh, really a mixed league asset or not. So Grand Slam helps with that, but it's, uh, still a ways to go. It's really weird that Jason Hayward only has one steal this season. Chris, do me a favor. Go to the Google and type okay. in Ice Cube, We Be Clubbing. You remember that I song, see. right? We. I don't think I know that We one. Be Clubbing. Everybody likes when the girl shakes something. You don't remember that yeah, one? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, there. this comes up on Google. Look at his it's face. The first track from Ice Cube's soundtrack, The Players Club. That is like, the, that is the quintessential Ice Cube face. He is going to kill you. Look at how mad he is as you look at him. 
I mean, it, it's hard to find him menacing after he does like 15 years worth of family friendly. <laughs> but movie. he's always that. He is fantastic in 21 Jump Street. Oh, he he is great at 21 Jump Street. All right, uh, next category. We go from the Cubs to the Twins. Twinsies. They won 20 to seven last night. And I don't really know that there's anything all that fantasy relevant. Scott, was Max Kepler in your sleeper hitters? He was the number one sleeper right. hitter for this week. That's right. Good. He went three for five of the home run. So Kepler is a guy you could start against righties? Yes. Yes, he has very good numbers against righties. I want to say he's not like embarrassing against lefties either. I, I think he's probably – like it's it's hard to say because outfield like – you know, it's such it's such a hard threshold to meet this year, but I would say Kepler's somebody who probably is undervalued, kind of overall. He well, is embarrassing uh, against lefties this year, 4.44 OPS. Okay. Um, but <laughs> misremembered. Only 10 strikeouts and 52 plate appearances, so there's some positive signs. He doesn't he doesn't seem totally overmatched. Well, unfortunately, Kepler is the 48th best outfielder in points, 56th in Roto, so. Seems like a five outfielder guy. Brian Dozier having a strong season. He's been very good lately, and he's got uh, nine steals, which is great. He had 18 last year, and he homered yesterday. Are Kenny Vargas at 4% or Eddie Rosario, who had three homers yesterday, buried the lead a little bit? Kenny Vargas and Eddie Rosario, 4%, 7% owned. Are they under-owned? No, no. I mean, I do kind of like the skill set for Vargas, although he hasn't done the Everything that I liked from him last year hasn't carried over into this year. But this was four singles, and he's not playing every day, so it's just not not enough to move the needle. And I mean, Rosario no. never never showed this kind of power, so it's can't take much from that either. So a four home run game from Scooter Jeanette, a three home run game for Eddie Rosario, and we just don't really care. <laughs> That's baseball for you. Okay, guys, uh, light speed is too slow. We have to prepare the ship for ludicrous speed and go through the rest of the notes so we can get to grade the trade and some emails. Fringy starting pitchers, tell me who you want to own in this group. Zach Wheeler, terrible yesterday, and he has a 146 whip. Jimmy Nelson, not a good start yesterday, but he had been very good before that. Joe Ross, Trevor Bauer, Tyler Chatwood, Derek Holland, Brad Peacock, Buck Farmer, J.C. Ramirez. I want to own Nelson, yeah, Wheeler, Nelson, and Peacock. In I that think Nelson order. might be far and away my favorite of this group. Um, beyond that, I, meh. I'll, I'll add Peacock. Wheeler, I think he's a fringy guy. I don't know that I need to see any more from Buck Farmer. Because uh, the swinging strike rate was so bad in that second start against the Angels, even though the run prevention, you know, he didn't allow her a run, that uh, I was already beginning to hedge on him. And, and this start was so awful, it already kind of pushes me over. Yeah, I watched this start from Buck Farmer. Not bad stuff, but I don't think we're talking, like, great stuff or anything. He was not very good in the minors. No. No. This one, so. we, I think we saw coming. We definitely did not get too hyped up about Buck Farmer. We did say add him, but... It was yeah. probably because of the two starts. I mean, add him because you want to see where it goes, and this is where it went. So, yeah. <laughs> move on. And uh, what was I? Oh, yeah. So you you guys have been doing the show with me for years. You, what am I going to ask now? You said you like Jimmy Nelson the best out of that group. What does Adam Azer, the host, ask now? Jimmy Nelson or dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who? Um, Faria. Come on. Come on. All right. Yeah, yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Nelson, okay. Double dongs yesterday. Ryan Zimmerman, who had a you know pretty bad slump in mid-May to late May, but he seems to be out of it. Cody Bellinger, who is terrible against lefties, but hit one off Andrew Miller yesterday. Rugnet Odor, uh, his second run Miller's allowed all year. Uh, he hit one off another lefty who it was the first home run he's given up all season. So, yeah. <laughs> Paxton? No, I. It was yesterday. He hit both oh. of his home runs off lefties. Oh, yesterday. really? I, mean, I didn't realize Andrew that. Miller's ERA nearly doubled in this outing from 0. 0.29 to 0. 0.55. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, was it Logan Verrett? Is he on the Indians? Sure. Logan Verrett. I can no, dig that. 
Boone Logan, first home oh, run he'd given Boone, up to yeah. a lefty in 50 appearances, I believe. Oh, Boone, good old Boone Logan. Uh, Logan Verrett, is he, where the heck is he? The Mets still? He's somewhere. I... <laughs> okay, well anyway, uh, so Zimmerman, Double Dong, Bellinger, Rugnet Odor, and Jose Martinez. Anything here, guys? Do we care? Uh, Rugnet Odor, I mean, it might be too late to buy low on him considering he has four home runs in his last eight games, but there is a lot of correction coming for him. His batted ball profile is almost exactly the same as last year in terms of line drives to fly balls to ground balls. Even even lot, hard contact rate is, is, is A lot similar. of infield fly balls for him, though. It is worth noting. Okay. Yeah, but, but this is... 45 Babbitt. I, I see that. I see a lot of correction. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I have not really moved him in my rankings all year. Well, here's the thing. I own Odor in two leagues now because I just traded Kodak Glover for him last week. Yes. And... Uh, uh, that was one of the most instantly terrible trades for, for Will Brinson. Sorry, Will. But, uh, I value him very differently in the two leagues. One of them is a head-to-head categories league. Yeah. One of them is head-to-head points. This is a guy who might have the biggest difference in head-to-head points versus categories because he's walked once in his last, like, 22 games. You know, his plate discipline is terrible. And I, I, I was wondering, if Ian Kinsler is better than Odor in a head-to-head points league because of the plate discipline, is Dustin Pedroia better than Odor? You know, I mean, but they've had such bad years too. Yeah, Kinsler you know? might be Pedroia's not. But I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna take Odor over both. Like yeah, the thing about still. second base is there's a lot of decent options. There's like the Jonathan Scopes and the Josh Harrisons, and they're all they're all fine. But there's not a lot of standouts. And I think even in a points league, Rugnet Odor has the potential to be that. Yeah. Okay, let's see what else we got here. We got uh, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton is slumping. And he went one for five, so now he is, let's see. Where the heck are you, Billy? Ten for his last 61. And ten straight games without a steal. This is the kind of guy that can make you feel like he's the most valuable player in fantasy when he's hot. And so frustrating when he's cold. I don't really know what to say about Billy Hamilton. Is he still just a steel specialist? Uh, he's on a pretty good run pace too, isn't he? he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. He's got forty. Yeah, runs he's on pace for almost a hundred runs. I think he's probably a two category guy, but I don't know. He can win you a category by himself. He's still on a seventy plus steel pace, and that's slowed down a bit uh, because, he, like you said, he hasn't stolen one in ten games. But he might get fifteen steals in his next ten games. I think Billy Hamilton is on like a 115-run pace, Chris. Is that possible? Uh, I think it's a little lower than that. Okay, but more than 100. He's on a 104-run pace. 104? Okay. Come on, Adam. Do some math. Let's uh, let's grade some trades after we talk deep leagues here. I'm going to give you five, six, six, seven guys, something like that, and you tell me. There's a slip of the tongue there. You tell me who's under-owned. They're all owned in 16% of leagues or less. Luis Perdomo, who was from yesterday's notes. He's in today's now. Luis Perdomo, Ben Lively. Those are your pitchers. Perdomo and Lively. Your hitters are Matt Davidson, Eric Young, Jose Martinez, and Franchi Cordero. Anybody strike you as under-owned? Maybe, uh... I mean, anybody who's less than 10% owned, you could probably make the argument as under-owned if they're playing. But Matt Davidson at 8% ownership, you know, his ownership percentage is less than the number of home runs he has. Yeah. That seems a little surprising to me. And, um. Hit is, for power in the minors. Yeah. 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 Actually was a pretty big prospect back when he was in the Diamondbacks organization and kind of lost some momentum after that. But strikes out way too much. Yeah. But he also just hits the crap out of the ball. His, you know, his hard contact versus soft contact rate is one of the most extreme differences of any hitter, and he's playing virtually every day at DH mostly, so, uh, his, uh, must his, own an AL only. For sure. His, his strikeout rate is higher than his hard hit rate, though. Yeah, it's, it's a bad strikeout rate, so. 38%. But it's a low BABIP, and, and he's hitting 240. Franchi Cordero should also be more owned in NL only leagues. That's Matt Davidson, Franchi Cordero, and look, Eric Young has hit three home runs in 15 games. He has hit 11 home runs in 578 career games. So <laughs> unexpected power, but he he is going to Live steal ball bases. Ball revolution. Ah. <laughs> he's going to steal bases. So Eric Young is eight percent owned, and and he's hot right now. Uh, all right, grade the trade. 
This is from Doug in South Jersey. Hey, Andy, Red, and Brooks. Yep, I know that one. Yep, that's the Shawshank. Ten-team points league. Give up. Stroman and Desmond. Stroman and Desmond. Get Miguel Cabrera and Starlin Marte. So this is uh, Marcus Stroman and Desmond for Miguel Cabrera and Marte in a 10-team points league. I have enough faith in, in Miggy still to give that a a B. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking A. I mean, starting Marte is what, 30 games from coming back probably? Yeah, but that's bad. Like you're Yeah, that's oh, a long oh, way to oh. go and you can't stick him in a DL. Yeah, spot, but I, but I think like, Stroman and Desmond for Miggy's not bad. 10 team points league, I would imagine Marte is, is hardly even owned in most of them. So I, I see him as having virtually no trade value. Um, in this format, but just the idea that Stroman, like the value of a starting pitcher who has been as reliable as Stroman is kind of skewed compared to Biggie, a first baseman, which are a dime or a dozen. So, yeah. but I'll still give it a B. I still want the Biggie side. Tom from Chicago, Polanco, Robbie Ray, and Velasquez. Gregory Polanco, Robbie Ray, and Velasquez in a 12 team points league. For Justin Upton and Noah Syndergaard. So you're giving up again. You're giving up Robbie Ray plus, plus Gregory Polanco and Vince Velasquez. You're getting Justin Upton and Noah Syndergaard. I don't like it. I don't think it's terrible, but I think it's probably like a D plus. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray's... I don't care about Polanco. I just dropped him in this format. Um... It, but like, it's basically Robbie Ray. Rest of season, I, I'm pretty sure I have Robbie Ray ranked ahead of Noah Syndergaard at this point. Um, yeah, because Syndergaard's not coming back till after the All-Star break. So can you go six weeks without an ace-caliber pitcher? And you might is, not have an ace-caliber pitcher. Is Justin Upton yeah. worth that? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I'll give it a, I'll give it a C-. minus. This is from Jacob. 10-team, three-outfielder, OBP league. Give up Samarja. And Mazzara, 10 team three outfielder league, OBP, give up Samarja and Mazzara, get AJ Pollock. This gives me a lot of anxiety because Scott White thinks Samarja is headed for the Cy Young, and Pollock is made of glass. P.S. Raisins are decent. Raisins are decent. Very tepid take there. One more time, Samarja and Mazzara for AJ Pollock. No, that, you gotta do that. Yeah. I like Samarja, but Pollock is, a yep. clear standout in the outfield, and he's going to be back soon. So, uh, be it would be I'll higher if Pollock wasn't currently hurt. Yeah, I feel like Chris is not a big Raisins fan, by the way. No, Raisins are awful. Well, Raisins and Chris Towers have a lot in common then, because you are officially awful for that stupid take. Wow. Hate you, Chris Towers. So, this is from Whoa. Mike. Things it, got <laughs> real. <laughs> uh, this is from Mike. Grade the trade. Twelve-team head-to-head categories league. Give up Bundy. Get Bregman. Give up Bundy, get Bregman. Categories. <laughs> I would probably have Bregman higher rest of season, but I, I don't think that's selling high enough. I, I understand, I definitely agree with the impulse to sell high on Bundy, but I don't think you're getting enough. Yeah, I agree with that, so I'll give the grade a C minus. Yep. Yeah, okay. And, uh, we got more? Yes, we do. We have Jeff in Charleston. Dear Bobby, Hank, Scott, and Warren. I was, Thinking King of the Hill with the first two. I don't know right. after that. Yeah, no, there's no Scott and Warren that I know of in King of the Hill. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Mm. Bobby. Oh wait, 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 wait. Bobby Cox, Hank Aaron, no. Warren Spawn, Scott White. My my number's not retired in Atlanta <laughs> though. Oh, I Scott. maybe not yet. Is there a Scott whose number's retired in Atlanta? Scott Brocious. Give Mike Trout. <laughs> Get Rizzo and Archer. Get Rizzo and Archer for Trout. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that's a B really plus. good trade. That's that's a B plus. Oh, these are founding members of Marvel's yeah. Marvel's X Men. Bobby Drake, ah. Hank McCoy, Scott Summers, and Warren Worthington. Warren and Hank together though. Like, what are the odds? There's another Warren Hank pairing. Who's Warren in the X Men? Warren Worthington the third. I don't know. <laughs> the heck knows. Uh, that's, finally, that's a good trade, though. I, what did you give it? Getting B getting plus. and Archer for Trout. Yeah, B plus sounds good. From Paul, ten team Roto, give up Judge, Pineda, 
and Neil Walker. Somebody hates New York. Give up Judge, Pineda, and Neil Walker. Get Daniel Murphy and Lester. Judge, Pineda, and Walker for Murphy and Lester. I don't see a lot of downside to this because even if Judge is legitimately this good, I mean, Daniel Murphy's about as valuable. It's a clear pitching upgrade. Who cares about Neil Walker? Yeah, Neil Walker's replaceable. So I'll give this one a a B B. plus as well. Good. I'm glad you mentioned Neil Walker. Who cares about Neil Walker? Tomorrow I tell you why Neil Walker is underrated. That's on Thursday's show. Thank you, Chris and Scott. Thank you all for listening. Join us for the Reddit AMA at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're out of here. 